Hare Krishna. I welcome all to Everyday Chant Harinam conference call. Today we are very fortunate to have um, His Grace Srivas. Okay. Hare Krishna, can you all hear me? Um, yes, we can hear you. Thank you, Prabhuji. Hare Krishna. Um, today we are very fortunate to have His Grace Srivas Das Bihari Das Prabhu uh, from India, Hyderabad, to enlighten us on verse 17 from chapter 2, canto 5, and also on Damodar Leela. Hare Krishna, Prabhuji. Please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Srila Prabhupada and Guru Maharaj. Yeah, Hare Krishna. So, when, am I audible? When, yes, Prabhuji. Whenever you are ready, please take over the call, Prabhu. Yeah, Hare Krishna. So, thank you all very much for giving this opportunity <coughs> for discussing Srimad Bhagavatam. So, uh, today we are discussing from Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 5th. This is uh, entitled The Creative Impetus. Uh, Chapter 2 is the activities of Maharaj Agnidra <coughs> and it is text 17 so uh, I'll just recite the text it is not in a way which can be recited in a regular meter so then we'll see what toward meaning translation purport and then further discussion Shri Shukha Uvacha Iti Lalana Lalana Unyati Visharado Gramya Vidagdhaya Paribhasayatam Vibhuda Vadhunam Vibhuda Matir Adhisam Atisambhajam Asha. So we'll see word to word meaning. Shri Shukha Uacha. Sukadev Goswami said. Iti thus Lalana woman uh, Anunaya in winning over uh, Ati Visaradaha, very expert uh, Gramya Vaidagdhaya, expert in fulfilling one's material desire. <coughs> Paribhashaya by selected words tam har vibhuda vadhunam vibhuda vadhum the celestial girl vibhuda mati agnidra who possesses intelligence like that of demigods adhisa adhisabhajam asha gain the favor of Translation purport by His Divine Grace A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Bhavad Translation Shukadev Goswami continued Maharaj Agnitra whose intelligence was like that of a demigod knew the art of flattering women to win to his side Sorry He therefore pleased the celestial girl with his lusty words and gained her favor. Purport. Since King Agnidra was a devotee, he actually had no attraction for material enjoyment. But because he wanted a wife for progeny, and Lord Brahma had sent Purvachitti for its purpose, he expertly pleased her with flattering words. Women are attracted by a man's flattering words. One who is expert in this art of flattery is called <coughs> Vidagda. Oma Gyanati Mirandhasya Gyananjana Shalakaya Chakshurun Militam Yena Tasmai Shri Guravenama Shri Chaitanya Manohishtam Sthapitam Yena Bhutale Swayam Rupa Kadamahyam Dadati Swapadantikam Kandeham Shri Guruho Shri Yuta Padakamalam Shri Gurun Vaishnavamsa Shri Rupam Sagrajatam 
सहगन रघुनाथान्वितम तम सजीवम साधवैतम सावदूतम परिजन सहितम कृष्ण चैतन्य देवम श्री राधा कृष्ण पादान सहगन ललिता श्री विशाखान्वितांश हे कृष्णा करुणा सिंधो तीन बंधो जगतपते गोपेशा गोपिका कांता राधा कांता नमोस्तुते तप्त कांचन गौरांगी राधे वृंदावनेश्वरी वृषभानुसुते देवी प्रणमा हरिप्रिय वाचाकोभ्य कृपा सिंधुभ्य पतिता पावनेभ्यो वैष्णवेभ्यो नमो नमः जय श्री कृष्ण चैतन्य प्रभु निनंद श्री अद्वैत गदाधार शिवासादी गौरभक्तवृंद हरे कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा 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 हरे 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 राम हरे राम 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 हरे 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 कृष्णा सो वी आर डिस्कसिंग फ्रॉम श्रीमद भागवतम फिफ्थ कैंटो and uh, this is a description about descendants of uh, uh, various kingly generations so <clears throat> in the previous cantos we have seen when there is a description between uh, maitreya and vidura uh, maitreya basically starts with the, how the creation took place on this day and various kings uh, uttanapada and priyavrata there were two sons of swayambhu manu so swayambhu manu uh, was also given the task of uh, creating progeny so <clears throat> this kind of a role of creating progeny for the sake of creation is a very uh, difficult uh, type of service or rather to understand how uh, you know how to accept that as a service is little difficult because uh, we have seen complicated issues connected to this hmm. so however uttanapada's descendants are dhruva maharaj and further on uh, various kings who had come in the direction vaskruthu uh, and uh, various people uh, so those description of descendants of uttanapada had been previously described in the cantos 3 and canto 4 now in the fifth canto it starts with the activities of maharaj priyavrat so priyavrat is also one of the son of uh, swayambhu manu and uh, <clears throat> so uh, if i am not wrong priyavrat earlier did not wanted to marry but upon insistence of brahma uh, he accepted uh, this grahasthashram and he married a queen uh, married a, a, a queen called varishmati and he begot 10 sons and one of them was agnidra now uh, maharaj priyavrat uh, following the ideal standards of kingly uh, royal kingly uh, culture he retired mm-hmm. taking off for spiritual realization and he made his son agnidra the ruler of jambudvip so it is very interesting to know that uh, these kings although they show a great amount of attachment to material things uh, when the time comes they show complete detachment also hmm? so not like current day modern materialistic people those who are always attached to the position hmm? so we should understand that their attachment to these material things uh, are so long so far that uh, task of uh, occupational duty only uh, they are actually not attached in the sense that uh, they want to enjoy it perpetually so that is the difference between uh, difference in identifying whether somebody is truly attached or not however uh maharaj priyavrat when he went off for spiritual realization he made uh, his son agnidra as the king of jambudvip so now to uh, understand who is the king of jambudvip is a very big thing jambudvip has nine uh, tracts of land uh, and nine tracts of land each varsha are there 
and each varsha also has sub divisions of land sections and this bharata varsha has a nine planets of this one planet is only earth hmm. so in the current times when somebody becomes a king of a very powerful country like america he becomes very proud thinking that he is a very big controller hmm. but here we see that uh, the kings in the bhagavatam times used to be kings of jambudvip imagine if priyavrata could make Uh, his one of his son as ruler of jambudvip and agnindra had ten sons so not just jambudvip he was ruler of other dvipas also probably priyavrata hmm. so such great kings used to exist who can rule uh, such a huge tract of land planets sometimes hmm. so this is a speciality of these people hmm. so while we are acting as a king of such a great uh, empire uh we need to show uh, a kind of a royal uh presence to you know uh, be called as that kind of a king so these kings priyavrata or uh, even so to say dhruva maharaj acted as if they were kings only for the sake of the ruling service hmm. now uh, the situation of agnidra was little bit different hmm. now agnidra i mean in general anyone who takes up this service of uh, increasing the progeny uh, is a kind of a mixed kind of devotee you know? sometimes you see that they are gaining the favor of supreme lord uh, but uh, you see that they are still attached to their materialistic ideas so all these things you will see like daksha if we see daksha also was a prajapati he also underwent penances and uh, he got the favor of supreme personality of god but still he is attached uh, to uh, his own materialistic family you know to enjoy uh, sex and developing progeny mm-hmm. so this is a factor in the you know uh, progenitors so we cannot call them as pure devotees but at the same time we cannot decry them as materialistic people also mm-hmm. so see bhagavatam gives all kinds of example we have a king who was uh, yayati hmm? uh, so bhagavatam criticizes yayati because he was continuously attached beyond uh, time scope of his enjoyment so just like if a person is a brahmachari and he becomes grahastha so when he becomes a grahastha at that stage of his life he is allowed for certain self gratificatory enjoyments so now if a devotee also becomes grahastha and he enjoys uh allocated regulated sense gratification we cannot call them as a materialistic people hmm? uh so how do we identify whether that particular person is a devotee or not is that before having those uh, sense gratificatory pursuits he undergoes austerities he doesn't just directly jump into sense gratification like daksha also when he pro- procreated he procreated 10000 children and uh, next batch 1000 children then 60 daughters and i don't know uh, he might have got married to many queens although only bhagavatam describes only one wife but you know he could have got married multiple times of uh, you know multiple women hmm? so uh, the idea is that before uh, a person gets into this sense gratificatory pursuit he actually undergoes austerities and he enjoys the materialistic things only uh so long his ashram or his situation is allowed for such a uh, sense gratification and then again he becomes detached mm-hmm. so this is how the royal kings also used to live mm-hmm. it is described when rishabha uh, uh sorry i don't know whether it was bharat maharaj or rishabdev uh, when he left the kingdom it is described that he left attachment to this kingdom as if somebody passes stool hmm? so somebody passes stool he will not even look back saying that how it was hmm? so that kind of detachment these kings have because previously they have executed austerities and they are doing sense gratification as per the rules and regulations of scriptures hmm? so now in in the uh, case of agnidra it is described previously that agnidra uh was uh, i mean seemingly was a educated person he knew what is pitruloka hmm? so when we describe about the bhagavatam uh, uh, and planetary system there is a planet called as pitruloka hmm? 
where those pious entities who have done uh, great uh, amount of religious activities go to this planet and in this planet there is a very big scope of sense enjoyment so in the satyuga and other times the uh, the standard of sense enjoyment was very high and what to speak of these heavenly planets heavenly pleasures uh, in uh, uh, this uh, matter uh, this uh, materialistic pleasures of this planet in compared to heavenly pleasures is nothing Hmm. it is described that uh, in the heavenly planet there is no uh, such rules of uh, having single partner you know there so many even women have so many partners even men have so many partners and even after having uh, enjoying uh, uh, sexual intercourse for, it, for many many years none of them lose their uh, luster of being young person hmm. so uh, so all these heavenly pleasures are there in this materialistic planet so uh, this agnidra got attracted uh, to uh, pitruloka and he wanted to go to pitruloka and it is described that anyone who wants to go to pitruloka uh, he can continue to stay there if he has a lineage a lineage of his son or grandson who will Uh, offer uh, pitr uh, pitr dan whatever uh, what do you say shraddha in uh, ceremonies hmm? so so long the generations keep on offering the uh, shraddhas to these people they continue to live in heavenly planets hmm? if they are in pitr lokas so agnidra thought that if i have a son then he will you know my lineage will continue and i can continue my enjoyment in heavenly planet so it starts like that this chapter starts like that that agnidra wanted to go to pitruloka and uh, see pitruloka he wanted to go to pitruloka and he is executing a honest means of achieving that what is the honest means of achieving that you need to get married to a, a wife we get children and you know, so forth so he went he starts to uh, a very celestial place i am not remembering what is the place where he goes there and starts performing austerities and starts worshiping brahma hmm. and having satisfied brahma uh, uh, although brahma himself doesn't appear in front of him directly but brahma understands the desires of agnidra and uh, he uh, arranges for a heavenly dancer her name is purva chitti so not wrong purva chitti yes so now purva chitti when she appears in front of agnidra uh, agnidra you will see that uh, a very strange kind of response uh, from agnidra uh, initially agnidra uh, is attracted to this girl but uh, he is confused whether he is female or male hmm? uh, the kind of bodily features uh, uh, purva chitti has Uh, is completely feminine at the same time because uh, it is only described that because of austerities of agnidra uh, because agnidra was purified he could not felt the presence of uh, a woman in purva chitti so when i read through also it was little confusing for me that you know when agnidra wanted to do austerities his idea was to get a woman from whom he can be get children and when agnidra purva chitti is present in front of him uh he is confused whether he is female or male so when while agnidra is addressing this girl he addresses as the son of brahmana or something like that my dear brahmana how is it that you are having all these bodily features so generally uh, uh the bodily features of an opposite sex uh, is a uh, is an attraction which nobody in this material world uh, can be aloof from mm-hmm. so in some uh, in one of the purports also this is indicated in the previous times uh, vishwamitra was a very great yogi uh, he wanted to control his uh, senses for elevation to heavenly planets he got disturbed by the uh, bodily features of menaka mm-hmm. 
so this attraction is always there uh, between man and woman mm. so in the bhagavatam these previous verses also it is described that how a woman's eyebrows is like a uh, dhanush or a, a bow and arrow mm. uh, and with that eyebrows uh, what she shoots is uh, side glances mm. and by the side gla- glances arrows of the side glances of a woman a man is easily uh, attacked and he loses himself to a woman by the glances of the eyes of a uh, woman so uh, this is generally uh, this is generally what happens in materialistic world uh, just for the uh, attractive features of a man uh, of a woman man gets captivated and he Uh, is kind of become slave mm-hmm. so here also you will see that agridra uh, almost presented himself as if he has become slave in the verse uh, maybe 15 or 16 uh, i am not remembering 15 or 16 he says that i am your follower you can do whatever you like with me mm-hmm. so muchukunda also says this that uh a king although maybe a very great personality in the assembly but when he comes in the inner chambers uh, and he spends time with his wife he becomes a dancing puppet in the hands of a wife hmm? so then uh, muchukunda says then how are we the kings hmm? and the, when we sit in the assembly we may think that we are controlling uh, the entire planet Uh, but when you come into the uh, chambers of your queen you cannot even uh, say a word mm-hmm. so this is how uh, materialistic people are entangled by the activities of man and woman the union of man and woman so anyways uh, agnidra is being described here so agnidra while talking to this uh, purvachitti Uh, agnidra is glorifying uh, the bodily features uh, of uh, purvachitti and purvachitti is uh, hearing all this uh, attentively mm-hmm. so generally when a woman is glorified uh, that you are looking very beautiful uh, generally women like to hear uh, compliment from men that how they are looking uh, is every aspect of my beauty being observed by Uh, my beloved or not so these are all the uh, aspect a woman looks forward for a man uh, and if a man wants to flatter a woman or uh, try to uh, gain her favor if he expertly does this hmm, then uh, he can easily win over women hmm? so generally uh, if somebody glorifies a beauty of a woman uh, the woman easily becomes <coughs> uh, what do you say uh, carried away by the words of man hmm? although definitely yes women uh, in general are described as to be one who has uh, uh, great wants or uh, materialistic assets but somebody who uh, speaks very nicely with the women women also become very easily carried away hmm? so now every aspect of a personality has advantages as well as disadvantages Mm-hmm. so depending upon the situation some things are considered good depending upon other situation some things are considered not so good mm-hmm. so women as a feminine aspect of uh, lord's creation have both good qualities which are glorified and at the same time those qualities by which women can be easily cheated also mm-hmm. so uh, when bhagavatam describes something Uh, one particular aspect of a feminine feature that should not be taken as a complete whole uh, but at the same time one should take what instructions bhagavatam is giving through situations mm-hmm. so purvachitti was already uh, what is it designated by brahma uh, to act as the wife of agnidra uh, but here the bhagavatam goes on speaking about how <coughs> agnidra was trying to speak to purvachitti uh gain her attention hmm, and uh, speak in a very uh, flirtatious man- manner hmm. 
I mean, I don't know whether I can use this word flirtatious manner, but Agnidra was trying to do that. So, uh, uh, so the kings uh, were allowed to, uh, uh, you know, marry, beget children. So Agnidra had this specific desire that you know I should marry a heavenly damsel uh, because he had the target to achieve a heavenly kind of a place. So in this way, Agnidra uh, has a mixed kind of uh, motivations. Mm-hmm. So, of course, definitely uh, in previous purpose also there is description of man-woman psychology here. Uh, but here in this particular verse, when I read the purpose uh, in a sequential manner, uh, uh, so long so that uh, Prabhupada has not disclosed this, it almost appeared as if Agnidra was really attracted to this celestial girl, Purushitti. Mm-hmm. But here Prabhupada says, since King Agnidra was a devotee, he actually had no attraction for material enjoyment. Now if we take this statement as a complete thing, then we may be wondering, why is it that uh, Agnidra wanted to become a resident of Pitruloka? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, what I could understand is that he did not had material attraction, uh, did not had attraction for material enjoyment of this planetary system. Mm. So this planetary system, the material enjoyment is actually very low grade. Mm. Uh, uh, Whatever small sense gratification a person tries to conceive of in this material world has lot of complications. Mm. Uh, People in the western world and even in India now, uh, they want to enjoy unrestricted sense gratification, especially uh, sense gratification with opposite sex. Mm. But sooner or later, somewhere or other, uh, it all leads to very complicated uh, affairs. Mm. Uh, Because uh, we are not destined uh, to such unrestricted, we are not made for such unrestricted sense enjoyment. Any time we indulge in unrestricted sense gratification, there is legal complication and very uh, uh, very <coughs> risky uh, uh, situation. Mm-hmm. So, somehow Agnidra was attracted for material enjoyment, but material enjoyment of Pitru Loka. Mm-hmm. But uh, again, here it is little bit uh, doubtful question that why he says no attraction for material enjoyment but because he wanted a wife for progeny and not Brahma had sent Purvachitti for this purpose he expertly pleased her with flattering words so Prabhupada makes a note here women are attracted by man's flattering words one who is expert in this art is called as Vidagda so so this principle of uh, Attraction in this material world uh, is there because originally in Krishna uh, Krishna planet, Krishna also enjoys this flattery words uh, with uh, gopis, and uh, that attraction is a, that uh, interaction is actually real, whereas we try to create a very uh, cheap imitation of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, not in Bhagavatam, but various other places, if we see. Uh, this art of flattering women, uh, Krishna was uh, the most expert person, we can say. Hmm. Uh, <clears throat> so this art uh, of being a Vidagda is also coming from Krishna. Hmm. So this material world has all these aspects. Uh, this uh, King Agnidra, you will see further ahead, uh, marries to Purvachitti and Purvachitti the, uh, after uh, enjoying for very long time, next verse actually speaks about uh, they enjoyed thousands of years heavenly pleasure, and then Purochiti went back to uh, after giving uh, uh, nine sons uh, to Agnidra. Uh, Purochiti goes back uh, to heavenly planet, and then of course. Uh, Further description of comes of how uh, more kings were born uh, from uh, Meru Devi, who is wife of uh, Agnidra, uh, 
sorry, wife of Nabi, son of Agnibra, like that. So in this way, Bhagavatam describes about uh, uh, various kings. And I mean, it is little surprising to see that Bhagavatam has specifically given one chapter to King Agnidra, activities of King Agnidra. So various lessons we can uh, understand uh, uh, from this. So few things is quickly that a devotee uh, should not be attracted to materialistic enjoyment which is of low grade. Mm-hmm. Uh, even high grade enjoyment, uh, a little doubtful how Agnidra was you know, considered as uh, wanting to be planet, a resident of planet of Putraloka. Mm-hmm. But however, uh, even if we become residents of planets of heavenly planets, still again we have to come back to this material world. Mm-hmm. I mean this uh, lower planetary systems. So it is better that we do not have uh, any idea like that. Mm-hmm. So within the scope of whatever limited sense enjoyment we have, if we just accept it and do it as a duty, we don't become entangled. Mm-hmm. But if we uh, transgress the laws of dharma, mm-hmm. see dharma uh, doesn't mean no sense enjoyment. Mm-hmm. A person can get married, he can have the regulated sense enjoyment uh, in a grass ashram. But the idea is that he should, over a period of time, he should become detached from that. Mm-hmm. And when slowly, slowly he becomes detached and matured in Krishna consciousness, he no longer has any attachment, then he can take higher uh, uh, ashramas of Vanaprastha and Sanyas and become completely devoted to Krishna. Mm-hmm. So even in, the, uh, in such situations, a devotee should be very uh, careful in executing uh, these activities and he can become liberated at the end. Mm-hmm. So this is about all about the verse uh, and the sequence. You will see in further places who all were begotten by Agnidra, what happened to Guru Chitti. And then the uh, lineage continues about Nabi, Nabi getting married to Meru Devi and then Rishabha and Rishabha giving birth to Bharata and then Bharata becomes Jadbharat and then uh, planetary systems, various aspects of fifth canto. <clears throat> so, uh, just yesterday or day before yesterday, uh, a very special uh, month hmm, has started, which is called as Kartika Masa. So, <clears throat> Kartika Masa, why this month is called as Kartika Masa? Uh, because uh, also, also it's called as Damodar Masa. Because one of the name of Radharani is also Kartika. Hmm. So, it's called as Kartika Masa. Because this is very pleasing to Krishna. And Krishna has performed various, various pastimes, lifting of Gordon Hill uh, and uh, Damodar Leela of um, running away from the hands of Mother Yashoda, uh, getting bound by the love of Mother Yashoda. So all these uh, various sweet pastimes of even Ras Leela, which has uh, happened on Sharad Purnima Day or Ras Purnima Day, so in this way, Krishna performs various pastimes. So, uh, some of the glimpses of these pastimes are given by uh, in the prayers called Damodarashtakam. Namo Ananta Leelaya Devaya Tudhyam. So, Krishna is a person who seeks attention. He, uh, uh, he is not just happy with uh, official worship. See, there is uh, something called as official worship, there is something called as uh, attention-seeking. So when we do official worship to the Lord, it, it is done under rules and regulations and uh, there is a, a standard procedure. Hmm? But when uh, this devotion becomes more and more intense, where we can see in activities of Krishna, uh, Krishna uh, demands attention. Hmm? Uh, he doesn't like that his devotees be... Uh, looking here and there, you know, he doesn't want, uh, he wants single pointed attention. So this is how Krishna uh, is. Mm-hmm. So on the day of Diwali, is a day when uh, people uh, make sweets. Mm-hmm. Generally any festival is uh, uh, observed in India by making sweets. Mm-hmm. So 
especially festivals like uh, Diwali, where lots and lots of sweets are made, uh, all generally made up of milk uh, or curd or ghee, uh, these kind of milk products. So the idea is that uh, when Lord Ramachandra, after having defeated, uh, killed Ravana, uh, reached on this day back to Ayodhya. Hmm? So all the people lighted lamps, hmm, lamp of their devotion, welcomed uh, Lord Ramachandra and they uh, distributed sweets. Hmm? Somebody is happy, he distributes sweets. Hmm? So on the day of Diwali, Mother Yashoda uh, was uh, giving more attention uh, for uh, preparing sweets. Hmm? Uh, she got up early, she thought that, you know, if uh, this small boy, Krishna, gets up, he will not allow me to do my regular activities. So let me get up early, make some sweets, so that, you know, uh, we can observe this festival, Diwali. Hmm? So in, in Indian uh, cultural families, we have seen, I myself have seen my mother getting up quite early in the morning on the festival days, making sweets. So Mother Yashoda, while she is making sweets, uh, Krishna is not happy that Mother Yashoda is giving attention to sweets than me. And he starts crying. Hmm? So when he starts crying, Mother Yashoda tries to satisfy Krishna uh, by feeding her breast milk. But uh, uh, this whole dynamic pastime of uh, Krishna demanding love, at the same time, uh, Mother Yashoda, which is intense love towards Krishna, is uh, doing some other activity. Hmm? So she is worried about the milk that is being uh, utilized for making sweets. While Krishna, while she is uh, feeding uh, uh, Krishna, hmm? just imagine you have Krishna in your lap, such a sweet, uh, naughty face of Krishna. Who would like to uh, turn even eyelids away from him? Hmm? Looking at Krishna is such a great satisfaction. Hmm. that these gopis of Vrindavan curse Brahma for creating eyelids that for a fraction of a second we are not able to see Krishna. So the same Krishna who is so sweet, so soft like butter, so beautiful, hmm. his curly locks of hair uh, is so attractive, hmm. but Mother Yashoda uh, is keeping Krishna on ground and goes to uh, attend the milk which is overflowing. Hmm. So Krishna, uh, having decided that Mother Yashoda, for Mother Yashoda, who is more important? Is that milk is more important or me? So taking this as a challenge, hmm? see this is the dynamics only, uh, this fast times only Krishna can do. Hmm? Where Krishna is taking a challenge uh, to uh, combat that, you know, how can my devotees leave me and go? Hmm? So anyway, Krishna has his way, uh, so he uh, takes his uh, uh, friends along and starts distributing the butter mm -hmm. uh, which is uh, processed outcome of the milk. Mm -hmm. So you see, the mother Yashoda is trying to make the milk, of course she will transform that milk into yogurt and then further into clarified butter. So Krishna is telling that whatever you do, I will spoil it away. Mm -hmm. So he's Spoiling away the butter that has been made by Mother Yashoda already by distributing it to friends, feeding it to monkeys, throwing on the ground and everything that a, a small child can do. Hmm? So those who are small babies and those babies who are very naughty hmm, can give this experience to their mothers that what a naughty child can do if the naughty child is upset with mother. Hmm? It is a very, uh, what do you say, a special kind of experience that mother feels when uh, she tries to control a very naughty child. Mm -hmm. So Krishna, who can be more naughtier than Krishna? So Krishna is running away here and there, not trying to uh, be caught by Mother Yashoda. Mm -hmm. So Mother Yashoda is here being glorified uh, for her uh, intensity towards uh, trying to catch Krishna. Mm -hmm. Uh, so Mother Yashoda, being elderly woman, she is not able to run as fast as uh, baby Krishna. Mm -hmm. So mothers will have this, uh, you know, 
realization that you know catching a small baby is very difficult hmm? so however this natural feeling of motherly affection was too much intense uh, by mother yashoda that krishna couldn't uh, you know present himself more as much as he wanted as a small baby so then finally krishna also surrenders uh, to this uh, devotion of mother yashoda that mother yashoda loves me really and she has done whatever possible uh, within her scope to catch me so only when krishna is pleased by such a devotion of mother yashoda uh, krishna uh, allowed mother yashoda to bind him with rope of his love to wooden grinding mortar so these kind of sweet exchanges uh, between uh, krishna and mother yashoda and krishna and his gopis uh, is all very very intense pastimes so sometimes these pastimes why we call it as sweet only we can realize when we eat a, uh, when we honor a very uh, sweet dish hmm? uh, like when we honor a sweet dish that real that uh, experience of eating a sweet dish uh, is a very pleasing way hmm? so krishna is giving that uh, to mother yashoda for her love and devotion mother yashoda has hmm? so he is churning the churning uh, the milk uh, into the butter is also sometimes parallel that krishna uh, does not uh, become uh, attracted to normal devotional service hmm? he likes intensified devotional service hmm? so uh, every time uh, krishna demands this intensified devotional service a devotee is ready to serve krishna in that intensified devotional way hmm? like how mother yashoda is here or uh, even gopis who uh, came to meet krishna in the dead of the night when krishna was playing the flute hmm? so we will see that loving exchange between krishna and gopis also when gopis came to krishna krishna started a kind of challenging uh, gopis that you know how have you come leaving your husbands and uh, coming to meet me in the late night is this not immoral hmm? so why are you undergoing this uh, why are you going through this immorality immorality for coming and meeting me so those exchange of words between gopis and krishna also is very very intense hmm? so uh, what are we supposed to do is that we also should intensify our devotion just like mother yashoda uh, intensified her devotion to catch krishna she when she started running uh, uh, krishna started running but when mother yashoda saw that uh, this intensity is not sufficient for binding krishna so yashoda mai uh, intensive i mean increased her intensity towards krishna hmm? so the whole idea of this kartik month is that we intensify our devotion towards krishna by chanting more by hearing this pastimes more by reading the acharya's commentary or even uh, for that matter taking up some austerities which are within our scope of execution like some devotees eat only once in a day or uh, chant 32 rounds or uh, take a vrat of uh, uh, you know not eating few items like snow sweets or anything that is uh, pleasing to krishna so this happens to be the chaturmas fourth month of chaturmas also and various vratas can be executed for pleasing the supreme lord so this month is very special uh, especially from this sharad purnima to ras purnima many devotees across the world <coughs> come to vrindavan to observe this vrata uh, a few years back when i was in vrindavan uh, i just came across a group of russian devotees who had come and there was one devotee who could hardly speak english you know very a uh, very less english he can speak so i have seen them they were doing vrindavan uh, parikrama we got a chance to have a uh, exchange of few words and i asked them that how did you come from russia uh, so far so they said that entire year uh, they save money little bit little bit hmm? and by doing saving money little bit little bit 
uh, only if you do every month little bit little bit saving is the time when they can book their ticket and come to India and go back and like stay for 15 days to 20 days in Vietnam. So I could see that uh, level of uh, what do you say uh, want for coming to Vrindavan and uh, you know hearing about Krishna absorbing the Vrindavan mood uh, in those Russian devotees. So, so this is a place where we can uh, intensify our devotional service. And uh, uh, Krishna, just like he rewarded uh, Mother Yashoda, uh, just like when Mother Yashoda was able to bound Krishna. Uh, although uh, Mother Yashoda saw that Krishna is crying and Krishna also saw that Mother Yashoda is also not happy in the sense that Mother Yashoda had to punish Krishna but the transcendental devotional mellow of being Vatsali Rasa being exchanged between Mother Yashoda uh, Krishna was very satisfied hmm? so in this way uh, when we also do intensified devotional service and when Krishna accepts it and gives us uh, his mercy, we also will be uh, satisfied uh, by execution of devotional service. So I pray uh, that this month, uh, month of Karthik bring all auspiciousness and let us, uh, let our devotion become intensified uh, for uh, pleasing Krishna. So thank you all very much. If anybody has any questions, uh, comments, uh, they can please do so. Hare Krishna. Wonderfully uh, explained the verse of uh, the attraction of Agnida to Purvashiti Prabhu. Thank you for um, bringing these points. And one important Chokyom is like. Uh, those who enter the Grihastha Ashrama are not attached to Grihastha Ashrama as much because they have performed austerities and they know and uh, the way they leave and they have to proceed to the next Ashrama. All those points and uh, importance of Kartik Mantra. Thank you so much Prabhuji. Anybody Thank have any questions or comments? Please um, go ahead. Hare Krishna Prabhuji, Madarat Pranam to you. Shil Prabhupad ki jai, Guru Maharaj ki jai. Prabhuji, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Okay. Uh, Prabhuji, uh, like very, very nice class. Um, like you mentioned uh, in the Damodar Leela, you, uh, Damodar, uh, you know, month you were uh, saying that uh, I heard, I don't know whether you said this line, but uh, I heard some people leave their favorite food, you know, like sweets and all also during mm. this month or only eat one time. So mm. sometimes, you know, when we mention this to uh, some non-devotees, you know, so they say that why will uh, your Krishna is all loving God? Why will mm. you leave something, you know, your mind will still hanker for it. So you're not going to eat sweet this month because, you know, you're leaving, uh, leaving it for Krishna. So uh, when I hear this and different thought in connection to this, I never have any reply to give. Uh, so, can you throw some light on this? That why devotees are only eating one time, when obviously they will be hungry two times. Hmm. Okay, fine. So uh, the idea is that when we uh, take a kind of a sankalpa, that we will not eat this particular item, right? In this particular month. So why is it that why we should have to do it for Krishna is that by doing so it is a symbolic way of presenting ourselves that for us Krishna is more uh, important than any other item, right? So for the sake of pleasure of Krishna I can give up that which is very dear to me otherwise, right? So this is a way, I mean I have not heard in this Vaishnava comment phase but this is in the Indian culture also. That, that which is very pleasing for you, you stop eating that. So any time you try to eat that, you remember that, oh, I have given up this for the sake of Krishna. So in this way, we remember Krishna. Uh, and we also try to say that for me, I can do anything for Krishna. So that is one thing. And why, <coughs> uh, uh, and why do we give up uh, eating or say only we eat one time in the month of Karthik? 
of course it is uh, not recommended if you have any uh, physical illness or something but the whole thing is that we try to minimize our bodily demands just like ekadashi of course ekadashi has a back significance of you know how mura demon was killed and you know there are grains on that day uh, having sin personified but the same idea is extended in the month of kartik also that we want to reduce the bodily demands imagine you cook two times a day but now you cook only one time a day whatever time is saved for cooking and eating you do for chanting so imagine you cook for one hour and you honor the prasadam for half an hour so that one and a half hour is saved and you can chant extra rounds so that is the idea of kartik but of course it is not a very strict rule uh, prabhupada has not given such strict rules uh, in one of the letter uh, <clears throat> uh, to chepataka maharaj or someone uh, prabhupada writes that devotees who are chanting 16 rounds following four regulative principles those who do not have any other work other than krishna like full time missionaries uh, they do not have to do anything extra like you know uh, giving up some item or you know eating one time anything like that because they have already fully dedicated to krishna but those who have other activities other than direct krishna service so they have other material engagement also so they have to take a little extra step but those who are fully into krishna service they don't have to do anything extra because whatever they are doing is anyways fully into krishna so like that so uh, it is generally a given chance for those who are not fully dedicated to krishna to dedicate more so prabhupada writes there jayapata kamara was relating in one of the letter that this is generally for those who are not fully dedicated to krishna uh, chanting extra rounds or uh, you know offering ghee lamp devotees who are into krishna consciousness movement they will anyways do like somebody stays in temple every day there is damodara ashtakam and you know all that rules and regulations of vaidhi bhakti is anyways following so this is generally for those who want to uh, dedicate more and more to krishna of course even those devotees staying in the temple should have that mood of dedicating more and more but generally it is more applicable to those who are not fully into krishna consciousness okay is that answer uh, thank you for the wonderful answer thank you yeah. prabhu ji i have one more question but that's not connected to the class mm-hmm. uh, just uh, if anybody has question they can ask otherwise i'll ask uh, later Yes, uh, Hare Krishna. Anybody has any uh, specific questions regarding the class? Looks like no, Mataji. You can go ahead if Prabhu has time. Okay, Prabhuji. Uh, Prabhuji, like I was hearing from one uh, senior uh, devotee, Amrinder Prabhu, that mm-hmm. when we offer bhoga to uh, Krishna. then it is always better to offer with uh, you know leaves uh, rather than the uh, tulsi manjari sometimes we keep the dry ones like now the weather weather will get uh, cooler so you know uh, sometimes that there are no leaves and all that so how do we understand our devotion as far as offering of bhoga is concerned that is it always better to offer because then you know like i just wanted to reconfirm one more time because you're in india and you know like uh, uh, sometimes you know they say it's better to reconfirm with one or two mm-hmm. people and then when it's reconfirmed then you make it like a short thing and mm-hmm. uh, after you make it a short thing then you're like you make sure that you you know pluck the leaves every day do everything nicely so mm-hmm. do you have any comments on this Uh, I mean, uh, you're asking about offering tulsis, uh, tulsi leaves to the uh, Lord. Uh, no, no. Like when we offer the bhoga, right? We offer the tulsi uh-huh. leaves in every item we do. Yeah. But sometimes we take it casually and we say, okay, we'll just we have some manjaris, dry manjaris. We'll just put one one in that and it's done. Offering is done. But one Prabhuji was saying that it's best to actually always uh, put fresh green leaves of tulsi yeah, maharani. yeah yeah i mean uh, see this part of country uh, this part of earth we have lots of lots of tulsi plants growing so we never have shortage of tulsi leaves but in uh, countries like america where tulsi maharani doesn't grow so effectively i don't know i have heard like that 
so it all depends on what is the availability factor hmm. so uh, it is always good that we offer big proper tulsi leaves in every item we offer to the lord it's always good like that but if we do not have then we can use manjaris but not i mean manjari should not be accepted as standard the standard is tulsi leaves hmm. uh, but if we do not have tulsi leaves uh, readily available so readily available uh, if i mean i don't know if you are second initiated or something uh, by chanting the mantras also we can offer tulsi leaves even if you do not have a tulsi leaf okay this is uh, uh, one of the aspect of manasu puja that if you do not have some ingredient for worshiping the lord in the mind you can meditate that and you can offer it to the lord you know in the second when you take second initiation and uh, undergo the procedure of how do we do the dt worship uh, you will also get to know that if this item is not there what is an alternative if this item is not there what is an alternative so uh, it is there uh, if tulsi leaves are not available only then manjaris otherwise best is tulsi leaves like that i mean was that your question or is there something yes prabhuji thank you so much it's like kind of reconfirms i'll make sure that every time hari krishna hari krishna prabhuji i i think mataji also wanted to ask since winter if we don't have uh, fresh leaf can we offer dry leaf yeah yeah we can offer dry we can we can offer dried tulsi leaves also we can offer dried tulsi leaves prabhuji can you hear me yeah yeah i can hear you yeah Okay, there's another contradiction now. See, mm-hmm. uh, I know few Mataji's on the Facebook. You know, they offer boga, and mm-hmm. they take the top of the leaf which are coming fresh. You know, mm-hmm. there are the four leaves growing together, two on one side, two on the other side, and they always mm-hmm. offer that. But uh, mm-hmm. now in our temple, you know, sometimes uh, they ask us to or other devotees to offer. They say, don't take the top one because mm-hmm. you know, just take the ones which are either fallen down or dry. so uh, is there any specific rule of which tulsi dry one fallen on the ground or the fresh coming out from the top which one should we take for offering whenever okay. i'm 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 plucking i'm in so much of uh, uh, like a little anxiety <laughs> okay you understand what Fine. i said so yeah yeah so it depends on uh, what is the size of the tulsi maharani you are plucking from right when tulsi maharani is very small right it is believed that you should pluck it from the side so that it grows straight okay uh something like that is there uh, like you know uh, or maybe when it is grown up big you should pluck it from the sides and when it is small you should pluck it from the top because the place from where you pluck it starts growing there you understand my idea so if when the tulsi maharani is small and you start plucking from the side the tulsi maharani will grow towards left and right more and more than growing big you understand what i'm saying so when tulsi maharani is small then you should pluck it from the top so that she will grow up and up but if the tulsi maharani is quite enough big grown up then you can pluck it from the side because uh, tulsi maharani if you imagine it becomes too big then it will be very difficult to handle as a small plant so these are all various considerations are there uh, but these are all actually saying very minor uh, uh, in terms of uh, our devo- i mean the main aspect being our devotion hmm? some people say that no we should not pluck the tulsi only only the fallen leaves should be taken uh, it is not authorized we can pluck tulsi leaves we can pluck tulsi leaves if something is fallen we can take that fallen also it is not that the fallen tulsi leaves should not be taken but this idea that we should never pluck tulsi leaves is also wrong we can pluck tulsi leaves and offer it to the lord hmm? even if you have dried tulsi leaves while you know you may have to dry it for the sake of preservation but while you are offering it just sprinkle some ganga jal and you can offer it that is also fine no worries okay is it okay uh, rupini mata ji prabhu prabhu ji one more question it just came mm. to me from the words mm. you mentioned in your class that uh, you know like uh, uh, na puranjana right king uh, uh, king yayati no. i mentioned I, name I, of yayati 
ayati yati my mind is not the same ayati we reading and i don't even know the name ayati uh-huh. you know like you mentioned about he and his wife now her name is very purichita uh, something urvashi his wife is urvashi yeah ayati oh, got urvashi. married to urvashi urvashi was a also heavenly damsel but because yayati was a earthly being he became old quickly and uh, urvashi still remained young yeah 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 okay okay so both of them i'm i'm referring to them you mentioned in your class that the yayati uh, um, you know he was like more enamored by the beauty physical beauty like you mentioned about the eyebrows being the arrow and then mm. you said that she was more enamored by the words right mm. so both mm. the situations are like uh, quite uh, um if you see it in the modern context you know like ladies dress up the way they are and we blame the men uh you know they don't dress up properly they're not properly covered and things like that so you know that's how the men get this thing and then ladies mm-hmm. also they are no less in the modern world because they uh with sweet words they uh, you know they, um, even if they have a husband and some other person i'm talking about non devotees or some other person mm-hmm. some man speaks nicely to them it is okay for them to have three four friends and along with the husband so that's the weakness mm-hmm. in them right how to overcome yeah. this weaknesses in both of them what is the remedy okay yeah so the remedy uh, in the varnashram system is that i mean generally uh, i mean of course i can always say chant hare krishna worship the deities you will become purified but apart from that there is a practical varnashram system which protects uh, either women getting polluted or even men getting polluted right so the idea for the women is that because just by the words women become sometimes easily flattered that is the reason why you know women are not allowed to speak to men uh, and men are also in that sense not allowed to speak to women so that kind of separation was there in varnashram system but now if we speak about this in modern context uh, especially western countries and those uh, cultured i don't know how can i say that cultured so that cultured civilization they don't accept that that they feel that no man and women can uh, speak to them you know intimately or freely so when they talk to each other what happens is women easily sometimes get carried away and when there is a problem in the future women will not be able to uh, give up that attachment to that man although man sometimes easily gives up that attachment to a woman if the woman uh, uh, if the man was not serious about a woman even after a stage of a physical involvement man can easily become detached from woman but a woman after having a physical intimacy with a man uh, the woman can never give up uh, that attachment so then the problem will happen to the woman because she is not able to give that attachment towards whatever man she has thought about so that is the reason why these uh, varnashram systems were there but if i if any speaker speaks that you know no women should not speak to man so that will become little bit uh, you know controversy in current uh, scenario so these systems were there that's why women whenever she goes out of the home uh, women should always go out with a husband husband without husband a woman should not go out of the home so that was all traditional vedic system but so long so that we are dedicated so long so that we are uh, working within krishna conscious society we should try to follow it as much as we can uh, but if we try to implement so strictly then also there is a problem because uh, the modern civilization will not uh, understand krishna's message so very sensitive matter but it's always good that so long so that possible one should follow the varnashram system that you know women should be protected by husband ma- uh, you know or sons or father like that hmm. so all these problems of relationship breakups makeups and all these things happen because of not understanding this uh, principle that you know uh, women can easily be lured by man hmm. and of course women also have that capacity to lure men also but the problem is that when there is a separation then men can easily overcome that but women cannot overcome that easily okay so that is the way psychophysical nature lord has created so this is what reality is okay
that okay ma'am because you know uh, i'm connected to few people who are uh, not following the one of the regulatory principles of you know uh, they've shared with me their life and this particular point that you got out maybe we didn't really read it in the purport but when you got it out and, and you explained further on it it's going to help me to preach her because i like to preach to people by looking into what their lives are right now and how we can um, you know uh, gradually slowly of course with the chanting uh, you know uh, help them to uh, purify them through chanting and then finally coming to regulations later which uh, trying to follow the footsteps of shila propas so thank you so much hari krishna thank you so much madam hari krishna So thank you all very much any any thank more you, questions for yeah rupesh sir anybody have any more questions uh, or comment or feedback or i mean